Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight here swigging the coffee this morning. I don't know. It's Friday. Um, I need my It's Veterans today. Day, Bill. It's Veterans yes, it Day. Yes, it is yeah. Veterans Day. All day until midnight, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you know, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh-huh. I'm, de- I'm going to declare it Veterans Weekend. Yes. Give okay. them the whole damn weekend. I, for what they've done for us, absolutely. I agree yeah, 100%. Get the whole damn weekend. Put your flags out if you haven't already done so. And uh, let them know that you're proud of them and it, you appreciate a, a veteran. A lot of things are happening with regard to the elections. It's interesting because on election night, everybody was depressed. If you were somebody who was conservative and on the right, we were all depressed thinking it was a, a complete disaster. But it's it's actually kind of a, been a slow Red wave. Things are happening. Yeah. Positive things are happening. Uh, it's not the tsunami they threw in there, and I'd still like to know who it was that started calling it a tsunami. I think it was the other side, so that we have well, there our was hopes. A pollster that I, I can't remember his name now. It's one of the popular pollsters that really calls them all the elections, and I do remember seeing him say that it was a, going to be a red tsunami. But did he and- start it, or did he just repeat it? You know, that's, no, he's that's, the one that I think he's the one that started it. But I think the media took it, and now they're going, they're pointing at him. Well, and it, you know, it's interesting, Bill, because um, Carrie Lake, her people still say she's going to win. There's no path to victory for Katie Hobbs. And what else is interesting is Katie Hobbs is still, I believe, the Secretary of State down there, and yeah, she, she should have recused herself and yeah, stepped back, but she didn't. So. Exactly. She still you know, has control of the uh, the counting of the ballots. Yeah. And, you know, it was no, it was Nevada. No, Nevada. Now, I heard that 8 o'clock, that's the cutoff, but we know up in Michigan, mm-hmm. there were drops afterwards. Pennsylvania, there were drops afterwards. And that is not supposed to happen. And CNN was reporting, well, this is probably going to be the end of it for the Republican because another another ballot drop came in this morning. Excuse me. Wow. Was that a bad choice of words? Well, or were you telling the truth for a change? It's interesting. I I, I still am in shell shock over Pennsylvania. Uh, and I think I have a right to be confused, surprised, and, uh, and to question the whole process here in PA because um, I think there was a lot of cheating done here. I, I looked up this morning, Bill, the concession process. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about is there when a guy concedes an election, does that is mean it final? Is it final and he's he's giving up completely? The answer is no. It's a courtesy. Period. So let's say hypothetically, uh, someone concedes an election, and the person who is the victor is proven to be a thief, uh, corrupt, somebody who has cheated. What happens is the winner is the person who conceded. So it, it isn't ruled out, by the way, that if they would ever find out that they had been cheating in Pennsylvania, uh, it, Oz still could be the victor. Of course, right now, that's a, an incredible long shot because the guy who was the governor, the guy who was the secretary of state, all the people who run the process in PA are Democrats. These are the people who hid the process and protected the process in 2020. They're going to do the same thing again in 2022. They're going to protect the process. And I don't see, I haven't read anything about Oz complaining about uh, the voting system. It's like he's, he conceded and went away. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I kind of have problems with that. But, you know, you think about it now. 
they no network declared Fetterman the winner. Fetterman declared himself the winner. And the network went along with it. Nas was going, uh, uh, yep, yep, I concede. And so all lies are off the count, counting that continues. They're still counting here, and it could flip the other way. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, th- that just makes me upset with both sides because I believe that, yes, the elections were stolen. We didn't flip a bunch of red counties, which we are still a lot of red counties in BA, but they didn't flip to blue, but now they can flip them to blue. And why is it important to flip it to blue? Well, there's more power that they have. And once they flip it, they ain't giving it back. And they'll steal it all the way through. The longer it takes them to count, the longer, the, the easier it is for them to cheat. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we talked about it yesterday when uh, Mark Stein talked about it on his program on Global Radio Network when he said, you know, uh, if you have 10,000 votes that you need to win and you only have two hours till the deadline, till the election is over, you know, mm-hmm. then it's hard to do. But if you have 10,000 votes that you need to win and you have a week to find those votes, you'll find those votes. You'll yeah. you'll get the victory. I, m- I mentioned this before the show started. 77% of the elections that had to go into a runoff, had to have, uh, like, the Georgia election with Warnock and Walker. Uh, right. 77% of those have gone to to Democrats. And the Democrats weren't ahead in all of those. So that makes you kind of wonder about it. It would seem that the number would be a little closer, like a, a, a 48 52%, something like that. You know, it would be very yeah. close so that it would be a flip of a coin. But here, this is a lopsided uh, set of statistics that defy the odds. But then again, you look at you—you you, you know, they're they're bashing Trump now, saying, "Oh, it's just his getting, fault." Just getting ready to talk about that because because this election has been about Trump more than anything else. Yeah, I you know I'm I'm starting to think that the the Kerry Lakes and all the people that he endorsed, and they were the uh, 2020 election deniers, but they were. They were big target ships out there at sea, and they're going, we sink those ships. Mm-hmm. We don't have to legitimately sink them. We just say we sunk them and take away their votes, take the wind out of their sails, and then we can sit there and say it's Trump's fault, and we break up the MAGA people, we break the will of the Republican people, and MAGA goes away, and that's what they want to do, and they're doing it right now. Think of the uh, the big-ticket items, uh, Kathy Hochul. Uh, and Zeldin in in New York, uh, people were excited about Zeldin. They thought he had a shot uh, in Pennsylvania. Oz and Fetterman. It seemed to be a fait accompli. It seemed to be uh, a, a done deal that uh, Oz was going to win because he could complete a sentence and Fetterman couldn't. But well, you know, you take but you have these elections and you have these lopsided victories for the other side. And it's and it demoralizes. Yes, they didn't win the majority in in the House of Representatives, the Democrats, I mean. And there's a good chance they may not win the Senate too. It may go to the Republicans too. But they can demoralize the masses, and it they think that they in doing so they can criticize Trump. They can blame the big ticket elections 
on Trump. It was Trump's uh, fault. Trump wasn't in this election. He didn't run for a darn thing. All he did was endorse and support. But the other side, look at the paper yesterday. This is a paper that has been warm to Trump, meaning they have kind of supported Trump in New York City. Right. The New York Post headline yesterday, Trumpy Dumpty. They tried to make him look foolish on the front page of the New York Post. They pulled a New York Daily News on them. New York Daily News does it all the time with Trump. They're always yeah. belittling him. Okay, let me ask you a question. Did Trump personally go to the polls and pull the lever for each of those people? No, he did not. Was he responsible for the people going out and voting for each of those people? No, he was not. Did he sit there and rally for them and get them big crowds and bolster their numbers? Yes. Up? Yes, he did. So it hey. broke down. Yes, the, the, the wheels came off the cart. Had nothing to do with Trump. There's only two play, only two people to blame. It's one of the two. Either people didn't go out and vote like they, they promised they would, and then that's on us. Or it was stolen, and now it's on us to prove it and stick with Trump is what organized and kept the Republican hope and faith alive. Remember that. He may not be our candidate in 2024, but he was the rally person to keep the move going. So what do you want to do? The dust wasn't settled from this election and the media was already trying to belittle Trump to uh, divide the Republican party between DeSantis and Trump. And DeSantis hasn't said anything about running in 2024. He is no, if any, building if, that narrative. Yeah, but if anything, he said, I'm the governor for the next four years. I just won. It's you know, I'm I'm focused on Florida. That's what he has said. But I'm I'd be I'd be surprised and amazed and del and elated if on Tuesday when Trump makes his speech in uh, his announcement in Mar a Lago, if he were to announce his vice presidential candidate. And and there's some indication, by the way, that he may he may announce his his VP choice very soon, as opposed to waiting till later on. And I'm thinking, boy, if he were to pick Ron DeSantis as his vice presidential candidate, well, that'd shut up all the naysayers. Wouldn't boy, it? that would take the wind out of the left sail. What are they going to do now? Well, they're going to they, what they'll do is they'll attack both of them. Yeah, and well, they're they're already setting. They're winding up the pitch against DeSantis, and and I think DeSantis is smart enough to realize it. So, but if DeSantis were to come in as vice president, as a candidate, mm -hmm. or as president, that means that that seat, that governor seat, is up for grabs, and the Democrats know that, and they want that state some way, somehow, and trust me. Anything they can do to either build that ticket and destroy it or do whatever they can to get DeSantis out of his seat, they will do it. The day after the uh, midterms, uh, amid all of the talk of uh, election fraud, and they're starting to talk, talk, by the way, about election fraud, people dropping off ballots at uh, polling places at 1.22 in the morning and at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's becoming almost common now. It's like, oh, okay, they had a dump at 3 in the morning? Okay, fine, That's they, they always do that. 
Uh, but anyway, the day after the uh, midterms, Kevin McCarthy's roommate, and I'm serious, he's Frank Luntz, the pollster. That's Kevin McCarthy's Washington, D.C. roommate. I think what they do is they rent an apartment together because their families are in other states. Uh, McCarthy's from California. I don't know whether he's married or not. Uh, there could be more to it. I don't know. But I, I think that they do it for convenience. But this guy, Frank Luntz, he, you may have seen him. He's been on Fox a lot. He used to mm -hmm. be there. He used to be their go-to pollster, Frank Luntz. He was always doing these uh, uh, little mini polls during the actual election, where he'd interview people right, in right. the audience. Well, he is not a fan of Trump, and never has been. Twenty twenty-two didn't like Trump. He doesn't like Trump now. So now he's telling Trump uh, that it's time for him to uh, to go away. To go away. Here's Frank Luntz being interviewed on, not Fox, on MSNBC and The Morning Joe Show. The New York Post, the, the Wall Street Journal opinion page, one after another talking about turning their back on Trumpism and turning their back on extremism. Um, so what's your take on the other night? And, and, and do you think this is a corrective election? My take is that voters want common sense and they want responsible government. And that's not ideological, that's not political, that's simply getting the job done. They're looking for results, they're looking for solutions, they're not looking for uh, the kind of politics that we've had over the last six years. And you see Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, those are all the three key states for 2024, but I still want to look backward. The people I talked to over the last 24 hours have essentially said, enough Donald Trump enough of this chaos, enough of the yelling and screaming. They look at the U.S. Senate and they're mad at the former president. They think that he supported the wrong candidates. His endorsement still matters within the GOP, but they're frustrated because they think that he is supporting candidates that are simply unelectable. And we've seen this across the country. I don't think that Arizona ends up coming for the Republicans. I think the Democrats have enough of a lead at this point that another Republican endorsed candidate, uh, Trump endorsed candidate has failed. If Ron DeSantis is the big winner among Republicans because of, of how he governed in Florida, that Donald Trump, at least the people who, who I talk to, they're all telling me enough is enough. Mr. President, it's time to go away. This guy is amazing. First of all, he's been consistently wrong, at least in the last two elections, Frank Luntz. Secondly, he's always saying the people I talk to. Who the hell are the people he talks to? He lives with the guy who's the minority leader of the House, McCarthy. I mean, is he talking to McCarthy? Maybe. The people I talk to. I'm sick of these unnamed experts that uh, these other experts are throwing around. The people I talk to. Understand something. He said uh, he's been picking the wrong choices. Trump has, right? In this election, I haven't got the exact figure. Maybe you do, Bill. I don't know. But he's had, he picked over 200 winners. Trump did. And I think mm -hmm. he had something like 11 losses. Now, let's see if I got this right. Over 200 victories. House House elections, governor elections, uh, local election. He picked over 200 winners. If I were a betting man, I would want to go to the racetrack with Donald J. Trump and not with this clown, uh, Frank Luntz. No, you. And, but 
this is all part of them trying to, they're already running for the 2024 election. This is all part of the 2024 campaign. They're trying to remove Trump from the playing field. It is not going to work. It is not going to work. But you got to pray for our for uh, Donald Trump. Pray for him because they yeah. don't want him on the playing field. Well, you know, there's a lot of question about Luntz, and I, we're not going to go into all of that. You know, you can read about him, his family, and you know, what side of the fence he leans on, but you know, birds of a feather flock together Mm -hmm. and they are going to navigate or drift towards what they believe in and what they really are. And if you listen to him and what he's saying, I don't know. He's such a good thing for the Republican ticket. I'm, uh, you know, happy to have him on board as a Republican, but the point is, is he, you know, uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. You mean uh, you mean Luntz? Luntz. He's not and, a Republican. No, no, no. Well, what about his? Uh, oh, then, then McCarthy. Uh, you know, uh, McCarthy Kevin, is, but I don't know, man. I you know, I sit there and I look at everything. I mean, we need to take a good look at at a roster of people, and maybe he can be in there. But I don't know that I want him. If we do win the House, why why do we have to vote him in? As uh, the guy with oh, the gap. Well, well, I got a story about that. McCarthy is not a shoe-in. It says former Trump cabinet member says McCarthy in serious trouble as a candidate for Speaker of the House. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has declared that Republicans will take back the House of Representatives. A GOP takeover of the House would likely mean that McCarthy will become the Speaker. That being said, a former uh, Trump official says, nah, not so fast. Don't uh, count your chickens before they hatch. Uh, it it may not be Kevin McCarthy. In that, I don't think he would be a good speaker. I think he's too no, much of a he's too accommodating to the uh, rhinos. Yeah, I I think that people that supported Trump and uh, that have been declared MAGA's, we need to stand up and make our our voices known, and that's all there is to it. You know, and and you look at the people that are far right people. Uh, the one thing that I will tell you, you know, you look at the, uh, the Marjorie, uh, out there, she won by a landslide. Uh, what's her name that they were calling a loser? Her, her, Oh, her... La- Lauren Bobert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well now she was way down and now she's ahead I know. and they, they called her out of it. That's right. Because you know, it's my, my old saying, if you have an opinion, live by it, use it, say it, because you're going to build your true following, and and those two people mm-hmm. can be in office for as long as they want. I'm not saying that people should go to office and be there forever, but that is how it works. Even the AOC proves that. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, Going to play a, a tape from the senior advisor for the Kerry Lake campaign right after this break. Plain talk to help you unravel a complicated world. We're CRN America. been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. 
Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this. This is CRN America. And welcome back, everybody. You have to love those uh, placeholder public service announcement messages that are, are in the program. They'll, they'll go away eventually. Eventually, you'll hear more current stuff. But that's, that's from the New York State uh, Public Works Department or something. That's, that's a real PSA they put out about yeah. three months ago. Yep. And it may be timely because, uh, what's his name? Z. Yeah, he... Uh, you know, he's upset because the G20 summit next week he's not going to be at. But he told his troops and his forces yeah. to be prepared for war starting next week. Yeah. So he is getting ready, his soldiers and the bullpens, to go to war. Now, is it with Taiwan? Is it with us? Uh, either way, wars are coming, according to Z, and it's next week. Well, Trump said that you can expect uh, China to attack Taiwan. And I don't think he was saying that lightly. I think he probably has some insider information. You know, Trump is an interesting character in a lot of ways. On the surface, he seems like your average Joe. He loves to laugh. He has a big ego, and he's a, a, a down-to-earth kind of guy. But there's a lot more to Donald Trump than meets the eye. Uh, I think he is a, a, a really smart guy. If he were a chess player, he'd be the kind of guy that he plays five moves ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you might say he's a smart guy, and other people say, oh, he's not that smart. He's a strategist, and he's a realist, and he is a common-sense thinker. He's street savvy. He That's really what is. he is. He really is. Anyway, we, uh, we can expect something out of China very soon. Also, uh, it was interesting, uh, in the Ukraine, uh, Zelensky did a TV thing. You know, he's every time he does a TV interview or an, an announcement, he still wears these stupid fatigue T-shirts. He doesn't get up in a suit and tie like a, a leader. He dresses like he's going to a basketball game, you know? Well, he wants you to think that he is out there fighting for the country and he's a military person. He's got his army fatigue T-shirt on in the pants, but they're clean yeah. and they're pressed, which makes him a. When we used when I used to ride motorcycles yes. and go somewhere, we'd go. Oh, you know, you see somebody all dressed up in their leathers a and everything, poser. and they got loafers on. They're yeah. a freaking poser. Yeah. <laughs> well. Oh, you got a watch on. You don't need to know the time when you're out on your bike. He you did, just go. He did a thing on, uh, I guess, it, I guess it was yesterday, where he said 
uh, I know there have been changes in pol- political uh, situations in the United States, but I, I would hope that nothing would change as far as our relationship is concerned, and the, that you'd still support us financially like you promised. I mean, he's out there trying to squeeze the dollars out of uh, our country, and mm-hmm. he doesn't care who's in charge. He just wants the money. I'm hoping that the new House of Representatives puts the kibosh on all that, because up until now, Biden has been giving uh, Zelensky an open checkbook. Hey, you fill in the amount, whatever you want, uh, we'll send it over to you. In the meantime, we're running out of money here in the United States. Our food supplies are short. Our fuel supplies, our border is, is messed up. We've got so many things wrong in the country right now, yet we're sending our money that we need here over to the Ukraine. You don't know how critical these last votes are. And the Democrats are, well, the people counting the votes are stringing it along, which makes it ripe to be stolen. Now, when you look at the House as of this show right now, as we're doing it, uh, the Republicans sit at 211 in the Congress, seven to go, and they got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Democrats are at 198. So they've got 10 to go. Now, Nancy is, <laughs> and you know they're going to challenge, challenge, challenge. And we need to challenge, even if we win, challenge the ones we lost. This is why close. we can't have Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. Exactly. We can't have him. And you know what? Senate is sitting at 48 to 49 Republicans with the 49. Two and we have the majority. What is there? Three seats out there. Yeah. You talked about it earlier. Warnack who won the last time in yeah. a special election, you know, and it's always going to a Democrat special elections. Figure how that one works out. Yeah. So if we get one and they get two, um, well, if we get one and they get two, it ain't going to work. We got to get at least two Three. and that's it. And, and nail that coffin. McCarthy's a Casper Milk toast. He's an accommodator. He is somebody who will pacify the left as opposed to challenge the left. I mean, he's not, mm-hmm. he's not a dynamic leader. I mean, maybe he knows the ins and outs of the strategy of the House of Representatives, but he's not uh, a disruptor. He's not somebody who's going to lead the charge into battle. He's somebody who's going to sit on the sidelines and hope that, hopes that he can make nice with everybody and pacify everybody, and that's not the way you you lead that's not the way you uh, you want the house of representatives speaker to be even if you don't like nancy pelosi and i don't you have to admire her tenaciousness she is mm-hmm. a she is a combative person she will stand up and you know damn the tor- torpedoes full speed ahead she will lead the charge of her party that she does well Okay, and we need that on the Republican side. We haven't had that in decades. I mean, maybe Newt Gingrich was sort of, kind of like it, although he was a bit of a pacifier, too, back in the 90s. We need somebody who's going to be a puncher. I mean, a Jim Jordan or uh, somebody like that. I was going to give you this analogy. You've been to hockey games, and you remember the days when the, the Penguins were really hot, and they had the wrecking crew in the whole nine yards. You know, and the old joke is I went to a hockey game and a fight broke out. You yeah. do not want a pacifist running your team. You know, look at it like a hockey game. You got to get out there and be aggressive and do some hits and throw some punches. 
Mm-hmm. You're playing the win. It's a live or die situation with every bill that you have. It's not me going in going, well, guys, um, oh, you know what? I see you want that over there. Let me give you this so I can have that. You know. Um, Screw it. Fight for everything. In Arizona, Carrie Lake is still leading the charge. Now, if she were in Pennsylvania, would she, and she were in Dr. Oz's situation, do you think she would have conceded? I don't think so. No. That's the difference between Oz and Lake. Right, And by the way, Lake says that she is in the position right now where she's just about guaranteed to win. Uh, I have a tape here. It's a bit of a long tape. It's Carrie Lake's senior advisor, uh, and her name is uh, Caroline Wren. And she says to, uh, I think it's Steve Bannon, uh, there's no path to victory as far as Katie Hobbs is concerned. She just can't win. Now, you heard Frank Luntz say just before the commercial break that he didn't think that Carrie Lake was going to win in Arizona. This is how wrong this guy has been. Uh, And by the way, this uh, report was after Frank Luntz had made his comments. Luntz is not a good pollster. I mean, he can he can put on a good show and make you think he knows what he's talking about. And by the way, being a pollster is not like genius work. You know, maybe you're good in stat- statistics and, and economics in college, and you might know some of the formulas and some of the strategies. Bill, you worked in, uh, in broadcasting. We lived and died by ratings, which is nothing more than a kind of polling and and how oh, yeah. how flawed was that? I can remember going down to a polling place and and looking through the diaries. That's the books that the listeners use. Oh, Beltsville, Maryland. And, yeah, you would go yeah. there and see them written in crayon. And they were they were all wrong. They were reporting that they listened to a disc jockey who on this station when actually he worked on another station. And mm-hmm. and now who do you count? Do you count the station or the disc jockey? I mean, all wrong. So this guy Frank Luntz, he's a gamer. He's somebody who lets you think he knows what he's talking about. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, uh, but anyway, have Caroline Wren. She's uh, an interesting lady. She's the senior advisor and a bit of a pollster herself, but she knows how polls work. Listen, they're going to drag this right. out until next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? They're going to. They're going to. They want to. They want to get as far away from election day as possible to take away Carrie Lake's energy and her uh, her dynamism. So, d- tell me, first off, where do you think you guys stand? You said yesterday it's a mathematical impossibility. Yet last night on the drop, um, you know, Hobbs did go up, and I understand there's a reason for that. So, walk through the math of where you guys actually stand, and then. What's the program? Yeah, so for, I mean, I would love to see someone to take away Carrie Lake's fighter energy. That's not going to happen. She's she is she is ready, really able to fight. Her energy is extremely high. But frankly, she is ready to start governing. That's what is frustrating here. Which finally, yesterday we held a, a series of transition meetings. This thing is over. There's 621,000 ballots out there right now, still, which is out. I mean, it's just outrageous. Hang on, that, let's, that, let's, that, let's let's hang on, let's put the chart up. Let's keep talking, and I want to put the chart up as we do talk. The, the one that goes across. Yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Here, so looking at these, you know, the majority of these, you've got Republican, but election day drop-offs, those, if the election day drop-offs break just 52-48 our way, we still win. I, my personal opinion is they're going to break closer to 70%. That is the, the level of range that we have right here to be working with. They have been ba- breaking at that high level, but I'm just pointing out that we literally 
just 52% breaking. And keep in mind, that's just for breaking up the Maricopa numbers. The rest of those the, are, you know, with these rural counties coming in, those rural counties are, are coming in for us. The Pima Election Day drop-offs, those are also going to break you. I mean, those have been breaking 60-40 towards us right now as far as people actually voted on Election Day. So that is a tremendous number, 384,000 votes right there. And then you get to the drawer three. You know, those are all people who came in on Election Day. Those are also going to be overwhelming, if not all us. I mean, I remember Gary and Blake were going to polling station, polling station in Maricopa. Every person was screaming, saying, I'm voting for you. Those are all breaking our way. And even some of these these earlies, um, and look at, those are all a bunch of rural counties, too. And what, you know, what probably will happen is Maricopa will do one more, you know, they did a drop last night that was ridiculously low. It should have been bigger, and it was the remaining mail-in ballots. And so everyone started to panic because we went down, like, 5,000 more votes or something. And we're sitting here, like, Gary's cool as a cucumber. We're going to win this thing. We're going to win it big, but they just have to, got to stop dragging this out and count these votes. They want to take this victory away from her. They never will. She's going to be the greatest governor this country's ever seen. And if they want to, you know, delay it, fine, but we, you know, we're moving forward. Uh, let's go back to uh, let's go back to that chart for a second. Are you not concerned about Pima? You know, when you look at these, uh, when you look at the charts, one hundred three thousand of those are election day votes. Those are it's not even election day votes, Steve. Those are people who took their ballot and walked it in to hand it in because they did not want to use these drop boxes and they didn't trust the mail. You can't tell me those aren't Republican voters. The, the, the early's come to 187,000. Right now, if you look down the column, the early's are, you know, what, 30% of this. How are the early's breaking right now? Do you have any analysis on that? Because you still got 40,000. It depends on the counties. So, you know, the, and, and the early's even, these aren't any more mail ballots. Like the, the, the batch last night was mail-in ballots that, that were mail, you know, like kind of late. So even earlies are people who went in and voted in person over the weekend. And so okay. even if, the, I mean, if those break 40, 60 us or even less, I mean, we're, we're fine. Like they, these, it's not even okay. that significant of a number. Okay. Um, so then walk us through, we, we got the math. And we'll double check that. We got them. And that kind of conforts with uh, Charlie Kirk and, and the team over at uh, Turning Point. Now that we I got the math, what is it? Blake's going to be tight. Well, and if anyone is going to be a, a victim of how egregious they ran our election systems on Tuesday, it's Blake. I mean, if this thing's within 2,000 votes for him or something, uh, there's certainly 2,000 2, votes that there are people who were trying to, you know, you go early in the morning. People have work. They have families. They have kids. They have to get to school. And if you get there and all the tabulations, machines are broken they say oh, just you have to be there for three hours like it's just it's it's pathetic but look i, I do think actually blake's gonna clear that and i think blake's gonna get over the line here this is a the movement in arizona is like nothing i've ever seen and people are fired up and we're gonna win the, the media wants to take it away from us they want to try and act like this is close they want to drag it every day carrie lake's you know, squeaked out a win. She didn't squeak out a win. She's going to win. You. It's, same, it's the same thing they did in the primary. Everyone said this was a close race and Carrie Lake won. She won by five points. No, it's absolutely no. They're going to try to dissipate this and they're going to try to drag it into next week. And like I said, the, the very last drop is going to be, oh, to Carrie, <laughs> like you drop 200,000 votes. Carrie Lake pulled 90-10 and ends up winning by five and a half points. Okay. It's going to, oh, it went from a squeaker. I, I, I kept saying, hey, they're going to announce Carrie Lake at like 1.30 on Saturday afternoon in the middle of college football out there, right? That's Steve Bannon. I'm, I apologize for the uh, the muffleness of that audio. It, it has some problems, but uh, hey, 
It's the best we could do. What she was saying was there's no path. They want you to think, by the way, that there's a real race out there and that uh, Katie Hobbs may take it. And I think they do believe that if they can stretch it out as long as they can, they can squeeze some illegitimate ballots into the system and maybe get her a victory. I hope that's not the case. But right now, I think that's what they're working for. The longer they stretch it out, the better the better their chances for it still. And you can take anything if you have enough time and twist it to your favor, even though the win is not really there. They can make the win happen. And that's um, what they're trying to do. And they're saying now that the voting may not be finished till maybe. And the guy who was the recorder of votes in, in Maricopa County said, well, don't hold me to this. But we hope to have a completed uh, total by Monday or Tuesday of next week. Think about it, friends. That will be a whole week from the time you put your vote in if you, were, if you lived in Maricopa County. Monday or Tuesday of next week, maybe, if uh, all things go well. This is not how the system was designed. Well, let me just say something. You, I wouldn't be surprised that we see late ballots being dropped. That's number one. It's already happening in a lot of different places, CNN reporting on it, you know, obviously in Nevada. So, you know, that's going to take place. And then first they said, well, 20% of the machines aren't working. Well, if somebody wins by a margin of 5%, to me, that just disqualified that whole election and it needs to be redone. And now they're saying it's 30%. And you know when they say something's 20%, it's give or take. 30%, that's a bigger give or take. So that election in Arizona and the fact that what's happening is happening spells, you know, some shenanigans to me. Well, it's you know, in, in Alaska now, they're saying that uh, Kelly Shabaka and uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski it's going to be a runoff up there, too. They're going to have to have a runoff uh, because they came into... You know, Murkowski, who's supposedly a Republican, she endorsed a couple of Democratic candidates up in, uh, in Alaska. Tell me what kind, of, what kind of Republican is she? She, rep she endorsed the Democrat, the, the opposition. Uh, and, of course, Mitch McConnell, who did he send financial backing to? Did he send it to Kelly Shabaka? No, 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 because she's probably a MAGA person. He sent the financial backing, millions of dollars, to uh, Lisa Murkowski. Her so let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Are there really, and I'm not talking about independents, there's Republicans, there's Democrats. Is there a third hidden team that is kind of like the pro players of both parties? Mm-hmm. And they're out there. They might be Democrat. They might be Republican. It's called the deep state. Oh, that's the pro team. That's the deep state. You know, yep. uh, we are living in a confused world right now, but it's not unintentional. They want no, you not. confused. They want you demoralized. I'm going to play for you something. I, I, I listened to it this morning, and bear with me. It's coming off my iPhone. Uh, it is a... A mother superior, a Roman Catholic nun. Now, right. she is uh, obviously conservative. She is very much aware of what's going on in the world. She doesn't have a horse in the race in that she's not getting any financial remuneration. If anything, she probably will get a lot of heck from her, her order and maybe the bishop and maybe even people in Rome for what she's saying. But I think she has a real good handle on what's going on. I don't know her name. 
I do not know her name, uh, but this was something I got off of another podcast I bumped into. I think it's called And We Know, which is kind of an interesting. Some people would say it's a uh, QAnon, you know, wacko, right? It's not. It's just just kind of an alternate news source. Anyway, here's, um, here's this nun. Listen to what she has to say. What I think is going on is is my summary, but it's not my invention. This is the news, is that the the group of globalists, um, everyone involved in this new reset, global economy, one world order, all of that, anywhere, and and enforcing the jab, the the COVID uh, vaccine, which is a pathological weapon to destroy our body. That's what it is. Um, and if you haven't felt it, if you've been, if you've taken the COVID vaccine and you haven't, you feel just fine, that is working in your body to destroy it. Um, there's an article today on LifeSite News, um, by, I think it's a Dr. McCullough, I don't, I have to look it up, um, who explains exactly what happens with those vaccines. And what I've gathered from all the reports is that the um, Soros, George Soros is of the world, the Bill Gates, um, everybody involved in this reset, so to speak. Um, and the Holy Father is their spiritual leader. Uh, I don't hesitate to say it because I'm not revealing anything that hasn't been all over the news and the Vatican and every place else. Um, is that they want to control the world population, completely have us under their control. The world population is too big. And so this COVID vaccine has been invented to eliminate us, to kill off a great percentage of the population so that what's left, they have a a reasonable hope. I hate to use those words of Bishop uh, Barron, a reasonable hope of killing and controlling the rest of us. So um, it's a, it's a, um, I don't think such a horror book has ever been written, horror novel has ever been written, but it's true. Kind of amazing, huh? I mean, this is a little, this is a little nun who is putting it all on the line there to, to let you know that there's, there's more happening in the world than meets the eye. A lot of sinister forces in place. Uh, she even comes out and says that, quote, the Holy Father is their spiritual leader. The Holy mm-hmm. Father being Pope Francis. And uh, a lot of Catholics who are good Catholics, uh, they, and, and also conservative, a lot of them think that he's not on the up and up either. That he is doing things that are more political than spiritual. You know, he, It his, won't be the first time. Oh, it goes back centuries, Bill. Right. Centuries. Uh, there have been a lot of good popes, too. There are a lot of good men who have gone and done the job. There was one pope, Pope John Paul I. He only lived 33 days. His goal was to divest the church of its wealth by, making the, by giving it to the poor. And as mm-hmm. soon as word went out that he was going to do this and he was serious about it, supposedly he drank some tea and he died in his bed. 33 days after being named Pope. 
Funny how that happens. The rich do not want to give up. They're greedy. An ounce of money, even though it wouldn't hurt them. You know, I would I would guess to say that if you took all the wealth in the world and, you know, we want to tax those people so that our government can do whatever the hell it wants to do. But let's just say that you took a percentage of the wealth and it wasn't for taxation. It wasn't for any stupid project or woke project they had out there. But we wanted to help the poor, the needy and and lift them up. They wouldn't feel it. You know, it wouldn't hurt them one iota because how much money do you need in the world? And if we can help our brother. This isn't about money anymore. These people who are out to change the world to their liking are phenomenally wealthy people. They've gone beyond wondering about where the next dollar is going to come from because they just don't need that anymore. They, They are into shaping the world to their liking. That's what it is. They want to mold the world to their liking. And if it means that you have to die and your family has to die and your neighbor has to die to make the world in a better place, so be it. What you're spelling out is they bought, they own the world. It's like you bought an island, a piece of land, and now you're going to bring in the bulldozers and uh, landscape it and renovate it and build it into the paradise that they want and exterminate the varmints. Well, that would be you and me. But, well, they, you that, know. that's exactly what I'm, I'm saying. You're exactly yeah. right. This is where they are. This is where they are. Now, you can laugh at it, folks. You can call me crazy. Call me whatever you want. Hey, look at I'm too old to care. I'm too old to really care. But I do worry about my grandkids, and I do mm-hmm. worry about your grandkids, and I worry about the, the world they're going to be left. All that's happening right now isn't an accident. I don't know how to say this, but it is not an accident. Look around you. I mean, the, the, the corrupt elections, I will never believe that the elections in Pennsylvania were fair. I live here. I know my neighbors. I know what people are thinking and what they're talking about in the news. And there's no way that Fetterman was going to be the next senator, unless there was corruption, period. And, you know, now the left, the media, and everyone are going, well, we shouldn't have been so tough on them. They're apologizing to them left and right. That's that what they, they do. Of them and, and everything. And you heard, well, I think you pointed out MSNBC sitting there going, you know, he's actually in line for 2024 to be the sure. next president. You know, I actually hope the Democrats do run him for president in 2024, because if he wins, that would be the biggest wake-up call in the world. You would think Pennsylvania would be, hey, but I think Fetterman for president. Let's go, Fed. There's a large segment of our population in Pennsylvania who will live the next six years embarrassed by this guy if he stays mm-hmm. in office because he will never be able to do the job the way it should be done. Do you see him getting up on the floor of the Senate being a great orator and delivering a passionate speech about some proposal he believes in, never going to no. happen. Never going to happen. And by the way, people have said that after six months with a stroke victim, usually what you got is what you'll ever get. That's it. it he's not going to get any better. True. So I've dealt uh, with that in the family. I I absolutely know about that. I don't want to sound like I'm, well, I know about this. I know, but I have dealt with it. I've seen it. I know what it does. 
And I know that the person that has the stroke, sadly, is never the same. Sometimes they they go back in time in their minds. It's a, it's amazing what happens. And well, it's not amazing. It's it's terrible what happens. It's really what happens. So I do feel bad from that way. And maybe in his mind, he thinks he can do something. I didn't like what he wanted to do to begin with. I'm saddened that he's going through this debilitating circumstance, but he was not fit to be elected. I don't we, think he was. A large segment of our state makes its living by drilling for oil and, and fracking and things like that. Already this new governor, Shapiro, has said, even before he's governor, I'm going to double down on closing down fracking in our state. And Fetterman, who denied that he was against fracking, we got video of him saying he's in favor of cutting back on fracking or eliminating it altogether. So that's going to disappear. Yeah, and you know, in Luzerne County, which used to be Democrat, it's Republican now, uh, one of the things, I believe it was Trump that got it going here, there's a big natural gas reserve here, the Marcella Shell mm-hmm. reserves. But either way, they are putting in a big plant. And when Biden got in, they go, oh, this could be bad. But it's underway, they're doing it, and the plant actually can take the natural gas, convert it to gasoline. It can do a lot. And it's going to bring thousands and thousands of jobs here, billions and billions of dollars here. This guy, he's going to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that, that, that's going to make these people vote Democrat. So It's going to be when, they, when their paychecks go away and they got nothing. With the laughing stock of the world, by the way, in Brazil, I don't know whether you heard this or not, but they, the military did an audit or an investigation of their elections that happened about two weeks ago, and yeah. they said there's a good chance that there was corruption based upon the way the computer systems work. There are <laughs> 17 million lines of code in the softwares. That's what they said, 17 million lines of code. They said it truly is impossible for them to evaluate every line because it is so much code to deal with. I'm sure our system is the exact same way because I think they're using the exact same system. Yeah, and you know, one of the things you can do is you can embed, you can hide a piece of code in there and good luck finding that oh code. Oh my gosh, one it little tiny anywhere. one little tiny piece of code buried in 17 million lines could mean the world. Literally. Look, you know, it, it could be it could be 3 to 9 words that they put in and you know, some kind of, you know, keystroke character that tells that computer what to do or how yeah. to count something yeah and it can be buried anywhere it could send the control to uh, some distant uh, computer where there's some unnamed unknown person taking control and manipulating the results this is not an easy time for us i don't think that uh, our system is legit i mean having election results going on for a week or two i mean f- give me a break Come on, a week or two to get results from an election? And, you know, when you live long enough, you see everything, right? But, I mean, when for most of my life, when they didn't have computers, they got all the votes in by the end of the night. It was done. We knew who the next governor or mayor or president was going to be. We knew it the next day. It was done. And uh, 
Now, oh, now, now it takes weeks and months, and yeah, it's terrible. And Bill, aren't computers, the, aren't computers designed to speed things up? Well, you would think so. Uh, That's what they're supposed to do. They do calculations in the millions, probably trillions in, in a second. But and, and the only thing that slows down a computer is if you got the old drive system, the solid, uh, uh, the old hard drive. But now you got solid state; it doesn't bog down. So how in the name of heck can't they get the results from uh, the voting in uh, Maricopa County and have it done in a couple of hours? I mean, to go a week? Come on. What does that say? That says there's, there's something rotten in Denmark. There's something that is fishy about this election. And by the way, in Pennsylvania, I believe that uh, if they stole it in 2020 and there were no consequences... Mm -hmm. The system wasn't dismantled. It was just uh, put aside for two years. And when they had this election, they dusted it off and started it up again, and nothing changed. If you don't have any consequences, then there's no stopping it. Mm -hmm. and That's true. So, and by the way, if they don't have consequences for these two elections, then do not expect... Uh, a better result in 2024. What's the, the saying of somebody who does something uh, the same way over and over again and, and expecting a different result is uh, a lunatic? Or something. I mean, yeah. it's, it's madness defined. I'm passionate today because it bothers me a lot. Everybody needs to be passionate. Uh, Europe tells Joe Biden to change Inflation Reduction Act. They say it's not working. It's costing money. It's, it's costing everything to them. It's destroying stuff. Mm. Joe, Joe was asked by a reporter about uh, about inflation. I think it was. Well, let, let me let me play it for you. Uh, Americans are frustrated, and in fact, seventy five percent of voters say the country is heading into the wrong direction. Despite the results of last night, what in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in twenty twenty four? Nothing, because they're just finding out what we're doing. The more they know about what we're doing, the more support there is. Do you know anybody who wants us to get rid of the change we made on prescription drug prices and raise prices? Ah, nothing. I'm not going to change a darn thing. He also uh, doubled down yesterday with another answer. Listen. Regardless of what the final tally showed, I'm prepared to work with Republicans. But the American people have made it clear. They expect Republicans to work with me as well. I didn't see that. Neither did I. I'll always be open to any good ideas, whether it's Democrat or Republican, to move the country forward. But I've also made it really clear that if Republicans try to repeal the power we just gave Medicare to reduce uh -huh. prescription drug costs, I will veto it and let it happen. If Republicans try to walk away from the historic commitment we just made to deal with the climate crisis, I will not let that happen. If Republicans try to cut Social Security and Medicare, I will not let that happen. They never said that. And if they try to cut taxes for the super wealthy again, the biggest corporations like they did in the last administration, I will not let that happen either. What arrogance. What arrogance. Unbelievable. He, he is King Biden. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Bill, I just read this. I just found this before the show started. A federal judge in Texas on Thursday struck down Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. United States District Judge Mark Pittman uh, scolded Joe Biden in a blistering opinion. Joe Biden unilaterally announced a massive forgiveness of student loans in August. Biden canceled up to $10,000 in student debt for borrowers 
who earn $125,000 a year or less and up to $20,000 for recipients of Pell Grants. The judge said, in this country, we are not ruled by an all-powerful executive with a pen and a phone. Instead, we are ruled by a constitution that provides for three distinct and independent branches of government. The court is not blind to the current political division in our country, but it is fundamental to the survival of our republic that the separation of powers as outlined in our constitution be preserved. And having interpreted the HEROES Act, the court holds that it does not provide a clear congressional authorization for the program proposed by the secretary. That's from Judge Pittman, who, by the way, was a Trump appointee. They make mm-hmm. oh, they always point that out. You notice in a story, like, if, if a ruling goes against the left, they always point out, the judge, a Trump appointee, you know, like it's a bad thing. Well, yeah, they want to uh, downplay the MAGA, but I, I agree with the judge. So you've done nothing to downplay anything that uh, Jim just read. Anyway, we are just about ready to wrap this thing up, Bill, because we have uh, we've gone on and on, and we could go on and on. This is our weekend show. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. may happen over the weekend, and we remind you to check back to the website, also to uh, CRN America, because CRN we may have CRNAmerica.com, a- yes, you can do mail it. CRNAmerica.com. You can call call us on our toll-free number. What uh, is what? It's 833 Yep, 533-7868. 833-538-7868. But if something happens of major importance, Bill and I will do a an extra show, and we'll get right back on over the weekend. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm around this week, and we can do it. Look, the, the, the pending things are, of course, the elections still going on. Can you believe it? We're a week into it, and we don't know the final results, but shenanigans always happen on the weekend so look at that and we've got china rearing its head oh so many things next week. so many things so many things we could go on and on hey bill have a great weekend my friend hey you do the same i am out of here bye the voice of freedom crn america